And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Tampering. We're this beautiful game of basketball that we all love and talk about every single day. With Sam Panic. To be able to bring people together. Reportedly at the center of an NBA investigation into tampering accusations. And the message to executive in the league is stop talking about players on other teams. What did I do? The charges filed. Impermissible contact. Was right or wrong? Tampering charges are really difficult to prove. You know me, I talk. <laughs> awkward to even talk about. I can't even mention teams anymore. That's what I like to play with Kevin Durant. The trial you want with tampering. They're always ahead of the rules. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I tamper with the guys. I didn't tamper. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. Hello and welcome to the Tampering Podcast, free agency edition. I'm Sam Amick, national writer at The Athletic with my guys, Fred Katz, Anthony Slater. Guys, day one of free agency 2021 is behind us. Um, We say it every year. This year might have been better than ever. It is just remarkable, the negotiating that goes on in the span of 27 seconds, 30 seconds. Uh, When that buzzer sounded yesterday, man, the fireworks were going off. Our guy, Sham Sharani, is just killing it on the news. Uh, We have a lot to get to. This was not one of those years where we had the star, you know, lookouts. We did not have Kawhi Leonard jumping on planes and and folks trying to track him on the flight tracker. Are we we sure that still might not happen, though? I mean, as of (laughs) us speaking, he's still an unrestricted free agent. He is. Uh, luckily for the Clippers, you know, there's money out there. It's the kind of money that I would perfectly, you know, be fine taking to play basketball. It's not the kind of money that Kawhi Leonard is used to. So I, I don't think the Clippers are sweating just yet. It is a little bit, I, I guess, a little surprising that Kawhi didn't just go ahead and sign a deal. But I'm not getting alarm bells from the Clippers side and nobody talking about him going elsewhere. But um, even with that being said, there there is still so much to get to. Uh, you know, on the on the star side, we obviously got Chris Paul staying in Phoenix, Mike Conley staying in Utah, a lot of guys staying. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry heading to Miami um, is is probably as good a starting point as any. As my computer is making noise, apologies. Um, Kyle Lowry going to Miami is as as good a starting point as any. Guys, if you want to talk about you know, a blockbuster move, the kind of thing that could tilt the scales a little bit when it comes to the, the power in the East. And, and if nothing else, I think Sparks a really good debate because he's a big time name. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's a Toronto Raptors legend, probably the best of all time. But, you know, you have this immediate debate about, OK, but what does it make the heat? You got Jimmy Butler, who's getting extended, according to Shams and, and John Krasinski um, and the heat, like every other squad in the league is looking at the Brooklyn Nets and and assuming that they're not going to face the kind of health problems they did last year and sizing them up uh, against that particular squad. So let's let's start there guys. How did that one end up landing with you? Well, I was absolutely shocked by it 
just how how quickly they were able to come to a negotiation. It was amazing. <laughs> I think I think this should be called the efficiently negotiated podcast now. Just to <laughs> Just to keep it within the realm of, of of whatever we're supposed to put out there, what the league wants out there, uh, he makes perfect. You know, Fred. Sense since you Miami. hold on, since you put that on the T, I'm gonna. I, this is why I love the fact that we've been doing the pod for a longer amount of time. With the chemistry's there, and Fred, you're nudging me back in the direction <laughs> that we initially yes, talked. So, do it. yeah, well done. So, before talking about the, the Lowry in Miami, what Fred's kind of getting at is that listen, the, the tampering component is so. Uh, call it, I mean, whatever side of the fence you're on, call it silly, call it uncomfortable, call it ham handed. Um, it's just awkward because, you know, it is, listen, everybody's talking before, but when the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal got blown up last year and the Bucks ended up, you know, losing a second round pick and actually getting hit by the league on the tampering side, it, it just kind of restarted this conversation about, oh, okay, we're enforcing the rules now. And, you know, my opinion is the league, you know, really only truly cares when they get embarrassed, right? Like when it's blatant. And so what you have now is if you go down, you know, Shams' timeline, you have Lonzo Ball agreeing to a four-year $85 million deal with Chicago right at the buzzer. Um, you know, from there, you got Tim Hardaway staying in Dallas very quickly. You have Mike Conley staying in Utah. The Lowry Logan. thing was so clearly set up beforehand that like teams were already – that were interested in were already – moving off of him and yes stuff like that. yes i mean that's the one that is the closest equivalent to um in listen i honestly yeah to bogdanovich and my hesitation was we're not trying to get folks in trouble i just don't know what the league does about this situation because the appearances even on their own partner network if you're watching the jump with rachel nichols like i was yesterday it's like you know it's, it's a bit of a running joke on the set that that, you know, in the same kind of tone that we're talking about, everybody knows what's happening here, but they want to keep the charade, charade up. And, and with Lowry, to your point, Slater, you know, I put something out, you know, well in advance of the buzzer sounding um, about Reggie Jackson and the fact that, and, and I'm wording it a certain way, that New Orleans had already been of the understanding that Kyle Lowry was not coming their way and they were starting to look at Reggie Jackson and those pieces start moving well in advance. Well, one of the big problems, I think, is if you don't tamper, whatever you want to call it, if you don't have conversations behind the scenes, if you don't set yourself up well, you're not going to survive in this league. So it, it, it's required to do it. Can you imagine if you're a front office that's like, all right, got to get some veterans today. Can't wait till 3 p.m. to start making some calls around the league. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what? Uh, I mean, like, so you have to. It's just you have to do it. You know who I, mean, I would love to have stars. on the it's not just stars. My my favorite is, is uh, that Garrett Temple is consistently yeah. every year. Garrett Temple, <laughs> six oh one Eastern time. If you remember a couple of years ago when the Nets signed KD, that that wasn't that wasn't their big earliest move. Garrett Temple yeah. got reported like three hours before free agency started signing right. with the Nets, right. and that was the whole thing. Of my goodness, yeah, there's, there's no tampering. Garrett Temple somehow agreed three hours before. And then I also again, love with the Pelicans. I love part of the Lonzo deal. I think it's okay as long as the NBA season is over. And that's Sam. I think you've probably heard the same around. I mean, like once the NBA season is over, teams stop caring. Hey, like stop talking to my free agent. You know, I think it's worse when like, dude, they're in the West Finals. Like, stop trying to work a deal out or something like that. 
I mean, that might be the view of some of the teams. I, I, th- I don't know the hard opinion of the league. Um, you know, I do know that the thing you get yourself into, and I, I don't blame the Bucks for being frustrated. You know, I just covered the finals and was around them a lot. And it's like, naturally, you know, when they look back at that situation, there is this kind of sense of like, okay, cool. So you slapped our wrist um, and you just sit there and look the other way on the other 75 instances of this happening. And that's where, you know, it's a little bit like uh, officiating in general. Where What do you hear about officiating? Consistency is the number one thing that people want. And that's not the case here. And so now I think it's fair to ask the question, you know, will the league look at Toronto and Miami? I don't know. I haven't inquired about that. But to your thing, Slater, you know who comes to mind for me? I know I'm staying very much on brand here with my Sacramento background, but when I covered the Kings back when Jeff Petrie was running the show in the front office, like, you know, hand of the Bible, I would sit here and say, I don't think Jeff ever called anybody ahead of the buzzer. And I would and love he to hear. just never seemed to get any free agents to come to Sacramento. I mean, Mikey Moore on a mid-level is a good deal. Come on. Mikey Moore. <laughs> Mikey Moore was like, I'm not answering calls till three either. So thank you for calling. <laughs> I mean, but it is like, I remember, you know, he took a hard stance and, and a guy also who's in that same vein, it was in, and I'm, actually this would be a better interview now if you could give him some truth serum is Mitch Kupchak out in Charlotte, because when Mitch was with the Lakers, you know, and, and once he was out with the Lakers, one of the things you heard, you know, a little bit quietly was just like, well, Mitch always played by the rules and that just wasn't working for us. And, you know, Mitch was a, a bit of a stickler about, you know, reaching out to folks. And, but, but man, if I'm in the executive shoes from a human standpoint, you talk about temptation, especially in this league where, you know, job security is tough to come by for a GM, for front office people, the inclination and the, the, you know, what you're going to want to do is to get ahead of things. And if you sit there and you know, teams are talking to your free agents and you see the competitive disadvantage that, that, that comes with not moving early, then I don't know what you do. And I, and I really, I don't have a solution for the league. Um, and maybe that's a quick road to go down. Do you guys have the fix here? I mean, do you just have it be, you know, post playoffs, then, then all Once bets are the off. Finals end the next day, you can talk and set up meetings and, and, you know, set stuff up, I would say. And then maybe like you give a date where, okay. I mean, maybe then that's the moratorium all the way till today would have been like, you can officially sign. I don't know. Right. That would be. Just just never enforce it unless you have proof it's happening while their team is still playing. That's right. what I say. Just just right. never enforce it unless you have proof it's happening in like February. Otherwise, it, it, Sam, like you said, it's it's a consistency issue. It's not a rules issue because but it puts, the thing. this is me. I am going to get a little bit whiny for a minute. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I don't, no, I mean, it puts us in a tough spot. It's not my job to to run around. I mean, on the one hand, we we do, obviously, there's a two-way street when it comes to, you know, reporting and dealing with people who who do trust you with information and and there's an art to what we do. And honestly, a lot of us do it differently. Some, you know, lean in one direction, you know, more than others, but it puts us in a tricky spot because there is a direct correlation between the way we handle the information and what happens. If somebody comes out tomorrow and says, and I'm not saying, I, I literally know nothing about the communications between Toronto and Miami before or after the bell. Um, I was not on top of that story. But, you know, if somebody puts something out today 
that says, you know, that, that one side called the other three weeks ago, then the league is going to care. And so it becomes the media is, is, a, is a big, you know, piece of this puzzle as well. Yeah. yeah. No, no question. I mean, look, if you move back the date and you say once the finals is over, then teams can negotiate, then teams are just going to start negotiating during the finals. Like it's right. They're always going to push however long before the deadline that they or before the start date that that they can. So right. just just let let them do what they want. That's what I say. Yeah. Complete anarchy. Who well, and that Sam, is that's that's the Sam part. That, us, uh, I was going to say Sam gave us a little little insight there. Uh, the Charlotte uh, Hornets and Mitch Kupchak have not signed a free agent yet. Maybe Mitch is still. By the book. <laughs> well, you know what? By the book, but there were murmurs of that Devontae Graham sign before 6 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> well, that's because somebody called him and said, hey, come on, we're, we're taking Devontae Graham. Right, which can technically be just teams talking and Mitch being like, I don't know what you're talking about, but... There well, what's murders. funny about that is the we'll chatter take a first round pick for Devonte Graham. Sure, yeah. <laughs> at least the chatter coming my way before then was that he was actually sticking around. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, and you know, I'm only accounting for Mitch, the Lakers version. I'm, I'm not sure how Mitch, the Charlotte version, is is moving. But it does. You guys know me well enough. It gets under my skin a little bit because my, one of my favorite parts of the job is telling the fans and the readers like what's actually happening versus whatever sort of sanitized version you know, might be out there previously. And it is kind of driving me crazy that like, you know, everybody feels this pressure to keep up with the charade when in fact, there's some pretty damn good stories to be told about, you know, how this stuff really went down that don't because it's, it's that, you know, that dynamic that we hit on a moment ago. Favorite deal. Lonzo. Uh, I'm not ready. For- Go ahead, Fred. What'd you say? I Lonzo. That's my favorite deal. Not because it's necessarily the best signing, but I think it's the most interesting. I I think that they it, I would combine that with what did they get Caruso for like four years thirty seven or something mm-hmm. like that three thirty seven. Um, that's a fun. That's a nice like defensive backcourt. Um, you know, pair that with Levine and uh, Vucevic who don't defend but score a ton. Uh, that could that that's as good as I can. Rem- Think like I don't know the last time I thought about the Bulls being as good as I probably going to think about them going into next season, even if that's like a seven seed in the East. I actually think Lonzo is a really good fit next to Levine. I think he's a he's a he's a perfect fit. He's he's off ball in the half court. He has become a legitimately really good shooter. He shot 38% from three on eight attempts a game last year. He can defend multiple positions on the other side where he's reliable and and you could just kind of put him on whoever is the the better guard that you're going up against. Uh he's he's a good fit for them. And you're right. I mean, Caruso is a really good defender. He is a really good defender, and he makes sense as 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 a third guard there as well. And he also works well next to Levine. And I'm I don't know I have I have a favorite hypothetical, which I just I kind of want to speak into existence. And to be clear, I have no inclination this is definitely going to happen. But Spencer I kind of want Dinwiddie on the minimum to the Wizards. This is where I think <laughs> Andrew Schleck, super producer. I just want to interject here that we need like some. Some very spiritual music that builds up to Fred speaking something yes. into existence. The power yes. of Fred Katz is words. I want to speak into a d- existence a DeMar DeRozan for a Lowry Markkinen double sign in trade. I I want that to happen. I want Markkinen on the Spurs. I uh, like that. And, and I actually think, I mean, DeRozan's kind of a tough fit anywhere because uh, his game is so particular. 
But part of the reason he he was a lot better. I mean, he had a. I thought he had a really good year last year, and part of the reason why was because he really thrived playing the four in a lot of minutes with, with uh, with San Antonio and 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 Chicago would be able to play him with the three, play him with the four. I don't know what the hell you're doing about defense with DeRozan and Levine and Vucevic all on the floor together, but like that that's a. You're I just think Caruso that's a really Caruso and Lonzo lock up is what you're doing. That's a good point. I of like attack. that, and and I like that for Demar, man. I, you know, you know, you guys know how it is. We don't root for guys or teams, but you, you know, you have humans who you you like, and others who you might like less. And Demar is as classy as they come. He's a hell of a player, and you talk about a dude who continues to be overlooked. I think in terms of what he does, I know that this is not a direct through line, but it's it's puzzling to watch. You watch the finals, and you watch, you know, the celebration of guys who are fantastic, like a Chris Middleton where you see the mid-range, you know, getting the job done at that stage in the way that it kind of did in a game that has some some semblance of DeMar, uh, not a great comp, but like then free agency hits and DeMar is the best player still out there who's, you know, who just didn't get paid and didn't find a home. I don't know what's going to happen there, but Chicago would be fun because he'd be competitive and and be in the mix and and be out there doing his thing, you know, in a in a, in a bigger better way than he was uh with the spurs i mentioned the caruso deal um i want to swing it to sam i mean you had a little note that i i think lakers twitter was was stunned by um that that caruso got that deal went back to the lakers who had his bird rights and could have matt really you know kept him for whatever they wanted and don't have a lot of maneuverability and decided not to even counter huh correct um yeah, although I will admit, you know how sometimes you write something and then you wish you just put in one more line of context. Um, you know, I think it is still a tough look for the Lakers and and the way it went down was Alex and this didn't surprise me. I'd heard some stuff going into free agency that for whatever reason Alex was not feeling the love from the Lakers um in terms of just kind of the the communication and the connectivity if you will and so in that sense, it didn't surprise me that he wasn't back, but he gets the four-year, $37 million offer from the Bulls. They go back to the Lakers, and there just was no interest in countering. The one thing – so I also had this tidbit about P.J. Tucker and the Bucks, and they're pretty analogous in terms of, I think, at least the driving force behind why certain guys weren't back. Both teams are in the tax, and you know fans don't want to hear this stuff but the tax considerations wind up being very real. And so, you know, I, I haven't gotten clarity from the Lakers side on how they saw Alex, but, you know, I think it's safe to assume the tax number with his situation played a big part, but still there was a sense of disappointment without question on the Alex side about the fact that, you know, it wasn't a push to, you know, what if we came in at 80% of that number? There was none of that back and forth. There was a, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially just good luck in Chicago type of feeling so, to it. So we we can go to the Lakers from there. What did you guys think? Of, they they went all minimum deals, all former Lakers that they're bringing back. Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore is who they are beginning to fill out a roster that needs a lot of guys. I don't even know what how to break it down. I mean, it's it's. You know, I'm not seeing it at this point. It it is <laughs> like really the either. twenty the twenty twelve, you know, I mean these are blasts from the past. First of all, what world do we live in that that with the way Dwight Howard left the Lakers the first time that he's now come back twice? That's pretty remarkable. 
Somebody was calling it the trilogy. Like a movie. <laughs> how about how about with the way he he left them last? Yes, time? yes. Like I just I just want to know if if Dwight double checked if he should Instagram before before announcing it this time. I mean, yeah, didn't he? He thought he was back last time, and then you know he tweeted that he was back, and so a, a year flies by, and he did good work in Philly. You know, he kept he kept doing his thing, but I, I don't know. It's it feels like. You know, they got to be somewhat on edge um, in, in the El Segundo Lakers office in terms of what comes next, because I actually do, you know, we didn't pod last week. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for star power and I'm dying to see how these three guys play together and shooting obviously is a major, major problem. I'm not as down on their ability to be special as some other people are, but it was contingent on, you know, having some of the right pieces around them. And I mean, I think Bazemore is actually a nice pickup. Um, you know, Ellington will see. Bazemore um, had a good season last year. I covered him. The Warriors wanted him back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he shot 40% for three. He's pretty disruptive defensively. He's super active hands, foul prone. It's a good price to get him. Ariza, like, Ariza wasn't very good when he got to Miami last year. Huh? That one, That one feels like, I mean, the Lakers, perhaps more than anybody, are still they, you know, they run so deep with their history, with their players. That, that feels like one where it's Kobe's friend. History has won a championship there. You know, you 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 got you know twenty seven open salary slots, and so they bring him back. We'll see what what kind of game Trevor gives them. But but yeah, I mean, he has not been good of late. Well, everyone is someone they're bringing back. They're all they're yeah. all they're all exes. I mean, every one of them. Well, then can we get the damn final banana boat boy over there? You know, can we just get mellow? Like, like, yeah, that's going to be in the locker room. That's going to be a locker room next season. Oh, my God. I have to say, I am jealous of of Yoban, Buha, and Bill Oram right now because Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, and if you bring Carmelo into that (laughs) locker room, I mean, my God, the personalities in there. The interviews that you will get to do, that is that is going to be a hell of a team to cover. There are so many personalities in that locker room. I yeah, I mean they're 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 old is really shout out NBA PR. We like, we need back in the locker room for sure next they're, year. Yeah. They're gonna be one of the oldest teams in the league. I mean, they yeah. I, I understand that when you put together a core that takes up $121 million with three guys and you decide you're just going to chase, uh, you know, minimum guys to fill out the rest of the roster. Chances are the players who are better than minimum, who are willing to take the minimum to be able to play for a really good team are guys at the end of their career. You're not necessarily locking yourself into a young team, but just kind of seeing it on paper. I mean, Dwight is, is, you know, in his second act and, and Ariza is near the end and, you know, obviously, you know, Westbrook is 33 and LeBron's in his mid thirties and and you go through the loss at the locker and it, the, the roster, I should say, and they're just, they're just up there. So I'm curious to see how they're going to sustain for an 82 game season. They're going to play bully ball. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have much spacing on that team. Um, can you imagine if there's lineups out there where it's like Russ, Dwight Howard, Davis, LeBron, that's like such a power veteran lineup that'll like the floor will be like this. And by the way, I'm crunching, uh, the court, but, um, can I ask about the Spencer Dinwiddie situation? Slater's just popping around. Yeah, let's go. Um, 
it, right now, I mean, even the the link I sent you guys has Spencer Dinwiddie locked into this like three year sixty million with Washington. They can't even like pay him that, right? Like, what's what exactly do you? I mean, what's your sense on that? Uh. I assume you're asking me because all I do, of course. all I've done for the last 72 hours is sit around thinking of Spencer Dimwitty sign and trade scenarios because they're actually wild. Uh, the Wizards cannot pay him that at all. Uh, they're over the salary cap, which means it has to be a sign and trade. The problem is that you have to match salaries uh, in, in a sign and trade the same way you would any other kind of trade. And Brooklyn is so far over the cap. That if they take back, you know, if you give Dimwitty nineteen million a year, say, and Brooklyn has to take back fourteen million, say they take back Kyle Kuzma's thirteen million dollar salary, they're gonna pay like fifty, sixty million dollars in tax dollars just to get Kyle Kuzma. So there's no way Brooklyn's gonna do that. They've gotta dump DeAndre Jordan in that case. Or maybe they just try to figure out a way to where there's a third team deal and Brooklyn doesn't take somebody back. Uh, if the Wizards try to loop it into the Russell Westbrook deal, which is not necessarily completed yet, uh, you know, I could see the Lakers saying like, well, why should we already agreed on this? Why should we help out the Nets who we could play in the finals next year? Give us something additional. Uh, if the Wizards want to bring in another team and and just try, try to add like a million teams to this, you know, string of transactions. Uh, you know, they're going to have to give up something as well. Uh, the Wizards have already traded their 2023 first round pick, and that's protected until 2026. So they really can't realistically trade a first round pick in order to try to get off somebody. Um, it is very interesting because if they're bringing in an expensive player, they have to give up money to someone in order to match salaries here uh, or at least make it part of the Westbrook deal. So I, I think... You know, one thing that we've learned about the NBA is that when two sides want something to get done and Dinwiddie wants to get paid and the Wizards would like to pay him, uh, teams tend to find a way to get that stuff done. And there just aren't that many teams left who are who are Dinwiddie teams. I mean, I think the Wizards are kind of his last chance and Washington desperately needs a point guard. So I think Dinwiddie is their last chance at a legitimately solid starting point guard. Uh, so I think they there's a pretty realistic chance they try to get it done but i don't know what the final iteration is going to look like because it's 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 super complicated and very convoluted this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an nba game and more head over to michelobultra.com slash courtside to learn more Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, and we're seeing a bit of a trend. Uh, I mean, that kind of has shades of Brooklyn, Milwaukee, the Lakers. Um, it's easy as fans to just look the other way when it comes to the tax stuff. But And as filthy rich as these people are who are running the teams, nobody more so than Joe Sy other than Steve Ballmer, um, you know, everything you've heard is that Brooklyn, it, it is analogous to the Bucks and the Lakers. You've got a big three that are incredibly expensive. 
and you're just not looking to to pay, you know, five x um, for any new additions that that aren't absolute game changers. And so with Dinwiddie, you do wonder like how are those pieces going to come together in the kind of way that is going to get greenlighted by Josiah. I'll give you another um, example of that. I mean, the Warriors have four mega contracts right now, and they're like debating whether even to offer the full mini mid level because right. of, of, you know, five million is really 20 something million. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, with Brooklyn, they're, they've got Joe Harris, too. I mean, Joe Harris yeah. is is on a four for 75 deal, right? I mean, he's making like 19 million a year. Uh, right. DeAndre Jordan like has four for 40 or something. Well, that's why you talk to every team and they're like, yeah, you know, you talk to any team with space. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah they, we, we got called about DeAndre just to see what it would take to, to dump him if the Nets want to make a move. Because if the Nets take on... $3 million in salary, they have to pay an additional, I forget what their multiplier is, but it's a progressive tax. They have to pay an additional just for $3 million bucks. They have to pay like $12, $15 million in, in, in luxury tax money as well. So all of a sudden you're, you're paying an extraordinary amount for what's probably at that salary and not extraordinary player. And there is this divide from the fan slash media to the people making these decisions themselves where the, the tone, uh, I mean, I, I saw some commentary yesterday on ESPN talking about, uh, you know, uh, Joe side, just go ahead and cut the check. I think it was, uh, Dave McMenamin talking about that. And I get that mentality for sure. But then when I was looking in, for example, to the PJ Tucker stuff and trying to understand it from the buck side, it was a very direct, like, well, if we give him 7 million, that's 23 million, uh, in tax penalties. And it's a $30 million player you know, in PJ Tucker and, and they decided to go the other way. And Slater, you kind of hinted at this and in the spirit of you popping around, I'm going to follow your lead. Uh, let's talk about your Warriors because you had a really, really, really interesting interview with Joe Lacob, one that made the rounds, one that made some Warriors fans upset, even sparked some commentary, <clears throat> excuse me, in the media about Joe um, and, and the question of, you know, is he fully appreciating the Steph Curry era and the greatness and, and leaning into this moment and the kind of way the fans want him to. And, you know, take us through that a little bit because, you know, he went the other way very publicly and and pretty unabashedly, you know, announced that, you know, a, a big time deal is very unlikely. Um, the money does Un- matter. And here's unabashedly. why. Unabashedly. Yes, unabashedly. That, that is a, yeah. Uh, I like the way you did that piece, by the way, not to sit here and pander as we sit here on the pod, but like, I, I, you know, as a guy who does a lot of Q and A's, I appreciated that with that interview, you, it was a, it was a really well done blend of, of your own commentary and then Joe's perspective and, and kind of made it all land well, but take us through that a little bit. So they did a, uh, an in-person, um, press conference for their rookies, Jonathan Kamiga, Moses Moody and, and Joe's in the back, uh, of the press conference. It ends and he's back there, uh, you know, go over a chat with him, not on the record. Um, and he is pumped about the draft picks we'll unabashed <laughs> unabashedly pumped about the draft picks um you know just glowing about it and then and just flabbergasted that like you know the commentary out there isn't like just necessarily all about what steals that the warriors got essentially um and you know if you look draft value wise it was good very good value to get was it, it was a light years movie. moment it sounds like yeah but of course you know not an 18 year old and a 19 year old probably are not going to help Steph Curry win a West finals game next season. Um, so, you know, I asked him, you know, you want to go on the record uh, about this and, and he did. And, and our people can read if, if they want all, all of what he said, but uh, his general point is 
you know, when when I mentioned the idea of going to get another star, he goes, why do I need to get another star? We already have the stars. He's paying, of course, uh, I think it's a combined $139 million for Curry, Clay, Draymond Wiggins next season. Um, and his belief is, that, like, you know, he's he's paying that core to win now, and he also is now gathering the core of the future. He called it a, a bridge to the gap to the uh, to for the future and um you know fans want him to very urgently maximize the next couple steph curry seasons and that's very understandable greatest player in franchise history greatest core in franchise history and and they're they're aging out but he uh joe lacob more than even his fans is clearly thinking about 2024 and 5 and 26 and 27 in chase center and and he's trying to um you know, kind of make sure they have a decade long run run of relevance in this new arena. And and there is kind of a, a clash right now. And uh, you're seeing in free agency, they thought they were going to go into free agency and get a bunch of veterans so far. They've only got that auto porter on the minimum, which I don't think changes the dynamic. So it's interesting. Some Patty Mills optimism, according to our Marcus Thompson. Yeah, Correct. yeah, they're, they're they're in on him, um, but you know, so apparently, according to Mark Stein, so were the Nets and Lakers, and you know, they lost the tie with Kent Bazemore to the Lakers yesterday. I mean, part of the concern about what they're doing is if you're looking at the Lakers or the Nets, particularly the Lakers, like that's a v- only veteran team that is just fully focused on winning a title. Whereas the Warriors, it's like they're kind of trying to play this future present seesaw and maybe you lose ties in free agency to veterans who are like, eh, I know the Lakers are trying to win. I'm Kent Bazemore might go. I might lose minutes to Jonathan Kaminga, who's 18 years old next year. With that in mind, let me take it a step backward and just kind of look league wide. Cause we've really hit on some of the elite teams and, and the, you know, the, the moves that weren't made because of tax reasons and everybody trying to, to kind of get better around the margins, but not, you know, be broke in the bank, so to speak. Uh, the stuff that matters most is who got better and and who goes into next season the most feared, if you will. And I know we're not done when it comes to free agency. The Lakers, we have no idea what the entire roster is going to look like. But, you know, the Brooklyn's and Milwaukee's, the Warriors who expect to be back in the mix, just to the key question of, you know, who got better and and, and maybe who, you know, was going down the wrong track. How do you guys see that? Miami. Right, we Are they for real, though? This. I mean, that's the question. They certainly got better. And you you secure Jimmy Butler, and we'll see how that extension looks on the back end, you know, age-wise. But Duncan Robinson, five years, $90 million. Kyle Lowry coming in, three years, $90 million. And Kyle, uh, you know, it continues to be uh, like his old buddy, DeMar DeRozan, you know, underappreciated and on an even different scale. Um, you know, I yesterday I felt like a lot of the reaction was Miami got better, but in the context of Brooklyn, that folks still weren't taking them seriously. Yeah, I mean, in the East, like the th- the thing I don't really uh, understand about the commentary uh, of like, well, you know, Brooklyn's still going to run the East. It's like, do we not just go through a season where like o- almost every contender dealt with some like injury that changed the landscape? You know, within the playoffs, before the playoffs, like, you know, if you're in the conversation, if you're among the top four or five in either conference, like you're in you're you're a contender, essentially, because like, how can we guarantee that that James Harden doesn't, you know, pull up grabbing a hamstring in game two of, of a series against Miami? So I think Miami got themselves closer 
uh, clearly. Um, I and they're clearly going for it. I, I like them as a playoff team now. You know, like Lowry's such a playoff player, which is funny because he wasn't. Remember that was the kind of the commentary on him like six years ago or so. But um, I, you know, I generally like what they did. I don't. You're you're right. Like as, if we do preseason rankings and and we'll probably all pick Brooklyn and Milwaukee ahead of Miami, but they're closer than they were a week ago. Mainly because the Bucks held on to Bobby Portis. I will uh, I will never forget the deafening chance of Bobby. That dude was beloved during the Bucks playoff run. Sam went from earlier in the playoffs, he was counting Giannis's free throw count. And to the end of the playoffs, <laughs> in Milwaukee had given him so much love, he was chanting, Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> Sam, Sam had his shirt off on Media Row. Chest I had painted. one of those Bobby t-shirts. Yeah, these, his <laughs> chest just had a painting of Bobby Portis's eyes. He was guys at my hotel, and this is such a slice of Milwaukee. My hotel had these little charming paintings of various Bucks players in the lobby, and there was sure enough a, a, a fairly uh, accurate depiction of Bobby Portis and his crazy eyes. So, um, yeah, that that was a thing. Uh, the Bucks hold on to Bobby. We, uh, Fred, where do you land on, you know, we, we started, uh, with a false start on the Lowry front before we talked tampering and we, it'd be a good place to end it. How do you see the Lowry deal independent of the way it went down? Um, and just kind of what the, uh, the heat have done. Cause we have this thing, sorry to preempt you, but you know, the heat culture conversation, never doubt Pat Riley always got something up his sleeve, you know, and, and, and the way that they got to the finals in the bubble, and had such a surprising run and, and really threatened everything that the Bucks had going on at the time. And obviously the Bucks righted that ship. But like, you know, it seems like yesterday that Jimmy was, you know, the people's champion and Miami was, you know, a, a team to contend with in the East. And then last year just wasn't good. So where does this put him now? I I think they're going to be one of the better defensive teams in the league. They certainly have the capabilities of putting together some incredible defensive lineups. I mean, you can throw Lowry and Butler and Bam and PJ Tucker out there all together. I mean, that is stifling. That is incredibly switchable. I mean, Lowry can guard bigger guys really well for a point guard. Butler is all defense caliber. Bam is all defense caliber. Tucker is still really good and really switchy and was still just spent an entire playoff series guarding Kevin Durant. I mean, that that is a really incredible top four defensive uh, combo. So I think they're going to be capable of throwing out as good defensive lineups as, as mostly any other team in the league. Uh, which is going to help them a ton when they have to play Brooklyn or Milwaukee or whomever else in a playoff series. Uh, they're definitely better. I, I don't think they're like the favorite, but I don't think they have to be the favorite. Like they just, the point was they were pretty good last year. They kind of fell off after making the finals and they made their roster better. Tucker makes them better. Lowry makes them better. They give a ton of money to Duncan Robinson, which we haven't really talked about. Uh, but that's what shooting commands now. You know, they get, I think it was five for, for 90 for Duncan five Robinson. For 90. Yep. But you know, Doug McDermott gets dude, three incredible. for, yeah, Doug McDermott gets three for 42. I mean, if, if you can, if you're a really good shooter, you're, you're just going to get paid. And that's along the lines of what Joe Harris and, uh, and Davis Bertans got last year as well. So it, it kind of makes sense that if you're going to give him a fifth year, that's what a guy like Robinson is going to get. I didn't think that was necessarily an egregious deal or anything like that. I, I think Miami's in good shape. I think they're they're certainly top half of the East, and they've got a 
we've got a chance to to do some good stuff next year. The shooting I, point. I, I mentioned the Warriors a little bit earlier. I just want to hop in. They just got Nemanja Bjelica on a one-year veteran minimum deal. I figured I should mention that. Nemanja, yeah, they've liked King. him. They've liked him for a while. He they have uh, liked him for a while. And you talk about shooting. You know, I mean, it's one thing he can do. Um, also, just one of the dudes that I love because, I mean, granted, he's he's very tall, but he's one of those guys that you feel like if you saw him at the pickup run at your local park, you 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 wouldn't pick him, and then you know he'll be out there. Just lighten you up. Um, interesting Can I throw out there. a hypothetical before we wrap real quick? Yep, yep. Or, or not even a hypothetical, just a, just a question. So so last year, there are all these big men, all these centers, not even just big men, but all these centers who get basically the mid-level exception or something around the mid-level exception, right? There's Plumley and Montrez Harrell and a whole crew. And, and so many of those teams who sign guys to that contract, I mean, Plumlee immediately gets dumped on to Charlotte, right? Montrez Harrell canvases the market, realizes, oh, no, I can't make as much as the mid-level this year, picks up a player option knowing he's going to get traded, right? I, there are other bigs out there who sign similarly priced deals. and Rashawn Holmes, teams, four for 55. Right. Well, so last year, teams immediately start to regret it. And then this year, I so I kind of thought going into it, centers, unless they're awesome, are just not getting that price. It's going to be really hard for them. And then we see, yeah, Rashawn Holmes ends up getting more than that. Nerlens Noel gets three for 32. Um, who else? Kelly Olynyk gets paid. I, it just feels <laughs> like a cycle. Kelly. The Pistons just, love just cashing out centers. By the way. Right, like the Pistons dump, dump Mason Plumley, and they're like, let's... Let's just do They're it. Like, with let's a sign lane. Mason Plumley with a jump shot. Although that yeah. does sound like a better player. <laughs> yeah. But but it's just um I don't know. I guess I was kind of taken aback. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but but I, I was kind of taken aback uh by that entire the way all of those contracts went down. I kind of expected at least like the Noel types. He's coming off of an awesome year, but I expected at least the Noel types and the Knicks look like they just want to run it back. Like they just paid all their guys to swap out Reggie Bullock for Evan Fournier. But I I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I did, Were you guys as surprised by that as I was? Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yes. Yeah, we haven't even talked Knicks. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of money for Mr. Fournier. The Knicks are a, a, a first-round playoff team again. Yeah, it's a little tough, right? Like they had such a good story last year and then they are by all accounts functioning at a higher level front office wise with the, you know, Leon Rose and and Scott Perry and World Wide West doing their thing. But it doesn't necessarily add up that, you know, you get this momentum with everything they did last year. They finally have room. And and how many years did we wait for them to have that combination of room and then and then be, you know, kind of good enough to attract people? And, you know, Evan Fournier ends up being your big pickup. I mean, maybe KD, you know, poisoned the well a couple years ago when he told the world that the Knicks are not the, the sexy team to go to anymore. But but it, it you do look at it and you shrug, I think. it's it's They held on to a lot of their guys and, and they're not taking that step forward. Right. So, I mean, just to run it down, they went Fournier, 78 over four years. Derrick Rose, 43 over three years. Nerlens Noel, 32 over three years. Alec Burks, 30 over three years. And we don't know all the structures of that. Knowing the Knicks, there are probably team options or non-guarantees or something like that in the last year of those deals because that's how the Knicks like to structure their contracts. But that's, I mean, they're running back the same team, which was partly good because it it outperformed its value, right? I mean, Nerlens Noel was good last year, partly because they had him on a one-year $5 million deal and and he had an incredible rim-protecting season and, and he outperformed the value of his contract and Alec Burks outperformed the value of his contract. And when you lock guys up to long-term deals, which eat into your 2022 space and, and, uh, and and you know keep them around for multiple years you know they have to play better in order to outperform their contract all of a sudden those guys aren't necessarily value deals anymore and and you're just kind of stuck in the first round so um you know that's i i thought that was an interesting i thought them them in new orleans kind of had some questionable stuff i thought yeah yeah the the pelicans had a tough day um and again i mentioned earlier we'll see if they do something with reggie jackson or somebody else i don't know who's playing point guard out there right now, and, and considering the reporting that we had at our place a few months ago with uh, with Shams and, and Joe Vard and Will Guillory about Zion Williamson and the fact that his you know there was pressure from his family to to have him eventually not play in that market. Um, this was not the you know make Zion happy offseason so far that that uh, I think Pelicans fans were hoping it would be. Well, they gave up. They they 
they dropped down from 10 to 17 in order to trade Eric Bledsoe to uh, Memphis. They basically give up another first in order to jump from Steven Adams to Jonas Valanciunas when they originally gave up a first to acquire Steven Adams. And then it sounds like they're going to begin with a first in the Devontae Graham deal uh, to bring in Devontae Graham when they made that Bledsoe trade in order to open up enough space to be able to probably bring in a bigger fish than you know Devontae Graham. So that's the a lot of firsts would, that you're giving up. Yeah, no, it is. Um, the one thing I will say, though, um, Devontae Graham could really shoot it, and yep. Eric Bledsoe can't. Jonas Valachunas can shoot the three. He's not going to exactly floor space next to, to Zion. But to be honest, hey, look, I love Stephen Adams. So do you, right. Fred. We Terrible fit. We all do. He was. He looks a little bit, you know, washed, uh, to be honest. Um, and I think Valachunas is an upgrade. So I do think they got better. Although losing Lonzo, you know. Like, Slater, you I, literally I now have me envisioning, like if, if if this finds its way back to Steven's ears, I'm, I'm envisioning how he approaches he just, you. Yeah, yes. you know, he looks just a little bit Wash physically. Mate. Like I, I just, he plays such a physical style. It just seems yeah, like yeah. over the years, I don't know. I mean, you guys watch him. He does not look like that same, that same, no. like, you know, center who, that young center who was such a, like injected such life into the Thunder. He looks a yep. lot older than 28. No question. He He's the guy who everybody said for years was indestructible, so everybody kept hitting him. And it turns out he's probably not indestructible. He's probably just a very large human being. He's, he's sprained his ankle so many times over the years, and I think that's really what's gotten to him. But, right. But right. no, I mean, that's that's fair. And, and look, they did in the Lonzo deal. It's not like they lost Lonzo for nothing. I actually think uh, Thomas Sadoransky is a is a really nice fit for them. He's a he's a really good team defender and he gives them length and, and can can guard wings pretty well and can still guard point guards. OK. And, uh, you know, he, he can catch and shoot when he's open and all that run point for them, obviously. And and they brought in Garrett Temple as well in the Lonzo sign and trade. So that's that's something. And those are helpful pieces. I just look at all of the firsts that they've given up. And I know they brought in a, a ton of them in the Anthony Davis deal. But I look at all the firsts they give up and I, I look at kind of what their goals were. And I think if you ask them three weeks ago, hey, how would you like this free agency period to go? I do not think this is what their answer would have been. No, and I think there's a lot of pressure in that situation. So we'll see where that one goes. Um, spinning it forward as we head out, guys. I mean, for me today, I'm the John Collins one is, is going to be interesting to to see. They've got a lot of money out to him. Um, he is still looking for more elsewhere. I don't know where the hell he's going to find it. I don't think it exists for him. But, you know, that one is, is fascinating because, you know, Trey Young obviously gets his extension done. Last night, you know, about 171 million guaranteed and goes up 30% if he hits his triggers. But with John, uh, and you're talking well above the the 90 million they offered him before, um, but he still, you know, has not compelled him to just go ahead and grab the pen and and sign the deal. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and then we mentioned before Kawhi, you know, so Clippers fans can rest easy. They would they would appreciate it if he goes ahead and gets something done. But um, what are the other ones for you guys that, that you're watching in the next couple of days? Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. You know, what did what did he turn down in the season 484 or something? Like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't think he's getting that. No, he'll um, be – I think he'll be the guy who we all talk about is losing the most money in the, in this free agency for sure. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, one, I'm locally watching Kelly Oubre for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he spent the last month really putting himself out there. Hey, I'm a you know 25, 26 year old two way wing going on a bunch of podcasts, really kind of uh, making it clear that his and, and I behind the scenes you knew this. Like him and the Warriors uh, never really planned to have a reunion, but the Warriors wouldn't mind you know signing trading him for a trade exception or maybe you know using him to a path to other stuff. But for that to happen, he has to have a market, and and it's kind of dried up right i mean like there was some spurs noise no they used pretty much all their space Knicks, no they gave it to fournier where is kelly Oubre finding what he's looking for I, right. I just don't see it yeah i mean isn't it amazing guys that just like nobody's even including victor oladipo on these answers yeah hey yeah. what's How the most interesting out by the way it, do we know i mean is he out for all of next season most i don't know what the timetable is I don't either. We're drawing yeah, a blank. So, I mean, that's the big concern. Like For sure. Know. It's all that's always the big concern with him ever since he had the knee injury. But it's just amazing that like Yeah, after- Chris Paul's out here getting 120 million dollars at 36 years old and deserving it. I mean, that deal, you know, yeah. of 40, I mean, we'll see if he's making it at 40, but my goodness, that Chris never ceases to amaze me when it comes to his boardroom kind of moxie because as you guys know you know that that contract a couple years ago was basically seen as an albatross for any team that had it and next thing you know he's opting out of 44 million and and locking up the uh the best deal on the market in this free agency period and you're also sitting there going you know that's still a good signing for phoenix because sam we were in phoenix how much money did chris paul's arrival probably make for the suns franchise and i know he wasn't their best player we do not need to get into that but um <laughs> you know if he's not there they don't have the full revival all the way to the finals and and like that to me has just juiced that area for the suns again yeah and chris knows that stuff that's where that's why when you were hearing you know, three for 90 um, with partial guarantees in the three in the third year. That was some of the chatter early on. And so when the number finally came through and you're kind of smiling and going, all right, Chris, you did it again, you know, got that thing up to 120. Um, but yeah, I mean, it revitalized the entire city. That's a franchise that has not been relevant in a decade, you know, since they were playing the Lakers in the West finals. And that is the power of Chris really in, you know, and, and really almost entirely Chris, if you just want to talk about that piece, taking it to the next level. Um, but, you know, we've debated that before, but, you know, again, we'll see with a lot of these deals that this was the old man free agency. You know what I mean? Like, you know, even, even Jimmy Butler, who's not old, but like you get that, that, that five-year Jimmy Butler extension that on the back end is going to look big. Kyle Lowry getting paid, you know, for three years, like he did, um, you know, and, and meanwhile, like you mentioned, Dennis Schroeder, a lot younger, just kind of left out in the wind. So uh, pretty unique in that regard. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with DeRozan, too. It's another guy. Danny Absolutely. Green. Danny Green's still out there and still be helpful. Yep. Patty Mills, we mentioned earlier, I think is, is a name. Is there anyone else that Paul, Paul Millsap can still help a good team win? I mean, Paul Millsap is, is still a really heady player and and can still play. I mean, he can still contribute to winning and I'm, I'm really interested to see where he's going to go to, because I, I could still see him being a, a very helpful role player on a good team. JJ. I'm Reddick. also, uh, who'd you say Slater? I was at JJ Reddick and I was going to mention the idea of Andre Iguodala maybe coming back to the Bay area. 
Yeah, Andre, my understanding is he, because it's a little bit Chris Polish and no surprise that they're both on the union board and have been for a long time together. They're shrewd negotiators. So, so even though Warriors fans would love for Andre to, to do nothing more than just to say, let's go dub nation and run back. Yeah. Like he is, he is looking at all of his options, Warriors, Lakers and beyond. There's other teams involved. Now that being said, I'm probably handicapping the Warriors, but you know, because Andre is Andre, uh, you know, my understanding is he's going to look at everything. So a lot of, a lot of good names out there. Um, I'm going to cap it there, guys. I appreciate you. We will see uh, how things look a week from now. Most specifically, the Lakers, you got to think, would have a few more players by then. You know, Rudy Gay, maybe. That's another name that... Taylor Horton Tucker's an interesting restricted name. Restricted. Uh, but again, while, we were, while we were recording, Sam, uh, it was reported that Rudy Gay is going to Utah. Oh, wow. I missed it. There we go. Yeah. That's a nice pickup for the Jazz. There's some breaking news yeah. for you. There you go. I stopped looking at my maybe, screen. Maybe I should have mentioned that one before the B Elite zone. My bad. <laughs> Slater's out of here, by the way. Nice job mid-pod tweeting out about Bielita. That was that was well done. Yep. From, All right, from, boys. From Fred, our own Fred was on one of his Fred was on one of his rants, and it was well timed. So, <laughs> yeah, two years, twelve million with the Jazz per Shams. Wow. All right. So the Lakers miss out. He's not jumping on the the Laker Nation train. Yeah. I mean, they. I don't know, guys. Lakers. We'll see how that cast looks. You know, those three dudes are going to win you a lot of games, but. Uh, but the 35 and up club around them is maybe not the way to go. So, all right, gentlemen, we'll talk to you next week.